Hello, and welcome back to Spaces or Laces. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today, we're going to start off talking NFL postseason. Um, I'm going to first start with the NFC NFC Championship. Uh, it was a game played between the Eagles and the Vikings in Philadelphia. So going to the game, the Eagles were a home, a home dog. Uh, they were a three-point underdog to the Vikings at home, just like they were in the divisional round against the Falcons. And as you guys know, it happened this weekend. Um, the Eagles won. They blew out the Vikings, and they're going back to the Super Bowl. Last time they were in the Super Bowl was with Donovan McNabb when they lost to the Patriots, who they'll be playing this weekend. Uh, the Patriots beat the Jaguars in the AFC. The AFC game, the AFC championship between the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars was a much better game than the NFC championship. Eagles, man, they played well. Um I was a big hater on them all postseason. I didn't think they were going to – they had a first-round bye being the number one overall seed in the NFC. I thought they were, um, <clears throat> were a pretender. I didn't think they were going to make it. Um, without Carson Wentz at quarterback, they had Nick Foles. I didn't think they had enough. Um, but this game showed a lot to me. Nick Foles is a lot better quarterback than I give him credit over the years. Now, it's one of those things I don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction to this because Nick Foles has played in the NFL now for a couple years. I haven't really been that high on him. But he was given an opportunity, a chance to shine here in the postseason, and he's made the most of it. He's been lights out in the divisional game and the uh, NFC Championship. Played well. He's done enough. Clearly, he won by, I don't even know the final score of the NFC game, but I'm pretty sure they won by 30-some points. I thought the game was going to play out just like I you know, anticipated the Vikings were going to get up, run the ball, control the tempo with their defense. Got up early. They got up 7 nothing. But after that, it was all Eagles. They poured it on. I think they scored. I think they ended up being 38-7. So they scored 38 consecutive points of the Vikings zero. Case Keenum um, showed some of that inexperience. Showed in this game. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sure if Case Keenum's a franchise quarterback. The Vikings are going to have a lot of problems this offseason. They have three quarterbacks. Who they're going to have to decide who I don't believe – I think all three of them, the contracts are up, so they're going to have to make a decision what they're going to do. They're going to franchise tag someone, um, give someone a long-term deal. But right now you have Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, Bradford. So in my mind, those are a lot of backup quarterbacks. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater did really well um, when he started for the Vikings, but that's been a couple years now. He hasn't thrown a football in the NFL game for two years, so you can't really expect him to come back and be lights out. I thought Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater was their franchise quarterback, but he had that freak um, non-contact injury in, I believe it was practice. That's really, you know, put a wrench in his career, thrown a wrench in his career. Case Keenum played well all year. He did enough to get him to the NFC Championship, but not quite enough to make the Super Bowl. But in this game, uh, this weekend, between the Eagles and Falcons, Excuse me, the Eagles and uh, Vikings. The Eagles were just too much. They were the better team. They won their defense. Man, their defense was good. They played tough. Only living, uh, limiting the Vikings to seven points. That's off the Eagles. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens in Minnesota now going forward because they're going to have to um, decide what their, what their plans are for the future, having those three quarterbacks who I guess Bridgewater was a starter, but... Him being out two years, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback anymore. And you have Case Keenum and uh, Bradford, who I don't believe are franchise quarterbacks. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions. But I'd like to say, I'd like to, um, 
for the Vikings to keep Case Keenum until uh, Teddy Bridgewater can prove that he's 100% back. So I could, I foresee them keeping Case, Case Keenum and Bridgewater and maybe dealing Brad for somewhere else, which is a bad. He's really good in college, um, had some shining moments in the NFL, but he's just injury prone. That's what hurt him this year. The Vikings was his team this year, and he just got injured and wasn't able to be 100%. So Case Keenum got shot, and he you know did very well. To get a team to the NFC Championship for an inexperienced quarterback, younger quarterback, that's off to him. But I think this weekend, or not this weekend, so this weekend's an off weekend, the Pro Bowl's this weekend, and the following weekend's the Super Bowl. But you're going to have the New England Patriots and the Eagles in that game. I think it's the Patriots are going to win. But before I get to that, I'm going to talk a lot more about that next weekend. Next week, excuse me, Super Bowl preview. Um... But the Pats and Jags, that game was very surprising to me. I thought the Patriots were going to cover the spread, win by more, you know, win by double digits. So the spread that I saw, it was minus nine Patriots. So the Jaguars covered. Patriots end the beat in the Jaguars 24 20. But it was a very eye opening game. Um, once again, Tom Brady showed that he's the greatest ever quarterback for him to rally his team and come back with, um, there's a no adult. Wait. Yeah, it was no Edelman. Um, Gronk got hurt in the game, which I want to talk about that more. But Tom Brady, fearless. Fourth quarter, he had the ball. It's like clockwork. I talked to, you know, when I was watching it and then I talked afterwards to friends, I, I didn't hear anyone that thought, didn't think the Patriots were going to win. By um, <clears throat> having Tom Brady in the position like that to bring his team back, he had the ball. Um, started gaining all that momentum. You just knew Tom Brady was going to pull it off and – Unbelievable because the Jaguars had that game. They had the game. They just let their you know their uh, foot off the gas in the second half and played too conservative. It all started right before halftime. I think they had two timeouts, uh, a chance to maybe get some more points for half. But they just nailed it, were content with the lead they had at halftime. And anytime that you're content playing Tom Brady, you're going to lose. You have to keep your foot on the gas. You have to um, put the nail in the coffin. And the Jaguars didn't did it. Didn't do that. They had the team to do it, but they just didn't do it. Um, they didn't run the ball well enough in the second half. They didn't play well enough on defense. Combination of I thought um, overall Blake Bortles played pretty well. Um, he played much better than he did against the Steelers. I think he played well enough to win that game. It just it's a total team effort sometimes, and he his play just wasn't enough for them to win. They needed more from their team. They needed more from their coaching staff. It's just tough. If you give um, Tom Brady an inch, he's going to take a mile, and that's what he did at the end of that game. Especially um, towards the end of the game, I can't remember all the details. A little fuzzy now, but he ended up getting the ball with a, there was a good punt return. Um, can't remember how many points are down, but they were like on the thirty-seven yard line, something like that. You knew he was going to score. He only had thirty-seven yards to go with plenty of time. Just the Patriots do what the Patriots do, and that's win. Um, Tom Brady going now to his eighth Super Bowl. And I said that correctly, his eighth Super Bowl. I remember last year around this time, I wrote a piece. Um, we have it on Southbound Sports about, you know, essentially about Tom Brady. Is he the best ever? And, you know, last year I said, if he wins this game, he's the most Super Bowl wins by any quarterback. He's the greatest ever. I was right. I. He continues to show everyone why he's the greatest ever. Even if he goes and loses this game, which I don't think he will be, 
or he will, excuse me, he'd be five and three in Super Bowls with a winning record. Um, if he wins this game, he's six and two all time. And I saw something that uh, someone I can't remember who it was to credit them, but someone on Twitter mentioned um, who's the not the best football player ever, but the best athlete ever. And now people are throwing it, um, Tom Brady in that conversation with Jordan. Who's the best sports player figure ever? Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. I mean, it's a great debate. I think if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, not only is he the greatest quarterback ever, the greatest football player, he might be the greatest sport athlete ever. To do it in the NFL at the age 40 at the quarterback position is unbelievable. And he's been doing his entire career. He pulls this off. It'll be a six Super Bowl win, six and two in Super Bowls, eight appearances, all with the same team, the same coach. Obviously, the, the parts in, um, have changed over the year. You know, he doesn't have the same personnel he's played with the entire time. But the one thing that stays, con- uh, stays constant is Tom Brady at quarterback and Bill Belichick as head coach. And it's a winning combination. But I'm very curious to see how the Super Bowl plays out. I remember last year, and it's one of those things. I've been a huge Tom Brady hater ever since 2000, the, I think 2001 season, the 2002 AFC Championship when the Patriots beat the Steelers at Heinz Field. I was a little kid. I was crushed. It was my favorite team. Ever since then, I've had an awful taste in my mouth, uh, kind of jealousy, hatred kind of thing towards Tom Brady because he's, number one, not a Pittsburgh Steeler. And if there's one team that's beat the Steelers consistently over the years, it's been the Patriots. So I had a lot of hate towards that organization, towards him, towards Bill Belichick. But now I'm at a point, I'm older, I'm just looking at the big picture. I'm just enjoying greatness while it lasts. Um, it's special to be you know, an adult watching one of the best players, best quarterbacks, maybe best sports athlete ever in their prime, winning championships. I'm just like soaking it all in. Maybe going to have one last uh, glimmer of uh, greatness this year, winning a Super Bowl. And from what I see, he's coming back next year. So maybe he wins this year, wins another one. I don't know. The sky's the limit for him. Anytime that he uh, puts on the pads, puts on the New England jersey, Bill Belichick is his coach. I, they're the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC, you know, of making the Super Bowl. So it's it's really cool now. It's like I don't really have the hatred anymore. I know last year going in the Super Bowl, I'm like, come on, I'm rooting for the Falcons. Like, it kind of would be cool at this point if Brady pulls it off. Then he has five uh, Super Bowl wins. But now I'm all in. I'm like, let's go. Let's just win this. I don't really, I've never really liked Philadelphia. Never really liked the Eagles. Uh, never been a huge fan. I did like them a little bit when Andy Reid was there. I was always a Don McNabb fan. I thought he got the raw end of the stick uh, a lot of those years in Philly. Thought he played really well. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think what they lose in four or five NFC, I think they lost to me four or five NFC championships with one Super Bowl to the Patriots. Um, but, you know, Nick Foles is the quarterback. Andy Reid's not the head coach anymore. I don't like Philly. I Honestly, if Carson Wentz was in this game, maybe I'd have um, more motivation to root for the Eagles. I'm a huge Carson Wentz fan. But at this point, uh, with all the factors and Carson Wentz being out and Nick Foles at quarterback, I'm rooting for the Eagle or excuse me, the Patriots. I'm all in. Um, hope Tom Brady does it. Wins a sixth championship. Just just keeps racking on the accolades and Super Bowl wins. Um, maybe another Super Bowl MVP. Never know. But it's it's amazing. It's really cool. I'm just trying to soak it all in. Soak it all in because. 
I don't know if the rest of my lifetime I'm going to see a quarterback like this. Um, some say, you know, generation players, quarterbacks, but Tom Brady might be a generational athlete, kind of like Jordan was, Michael Phelps in swimming. You only have these uh, special certain athletes come through generations, once-in-a-lifetime player, and Tom Brady's it for football. I mean, especially the quarterback position. Obviously, there's other uh, people in different positions that are Hall of Famers I have grew up with. Like Just off the top of my head, thinking of quarter, like receivers and running backs, I grew up watching Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco, Johnson, whatever you want to call him. He was a great uh, receiver. Heinz Ward was my favorite still, uh, receiver growing up, especially as he played for the Steelers. Um, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce. Um, obviously, I'm going to forget a lot and leave Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. I'm going to forget a lot of receivers, but you know those are names you can throw around running backs. I grew up loving LT. Priest Holmes was fun to watch. Sean Alexander. Adrian Peterson was my f- favorite running back growing up. Other than Marshall Falk, love watching Marshall Falk when I was younger. Um, Corey Dillon, Fred, uh, Fred Taylor, Eddie George, all great, great running backs. And like I said, I'm obviously forgetting a lot. But if there's one person at the quarterback position that instantly comes to mind, and it'll always be this way for me, it's always Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Both Hall of Famers, best to ever play the position. And here's the crazy thing. Maybe if um, Peyton Manning was on the Patriots all those years, Maybe he, had more, maybe he would have more Super Bowl wins. Maybe he'd be undefeated in Super Bowls. You don't know. That's the thing that's crazy, too, about Brady. And I talked about it last year and thinking about it. Brady currently is 5-2 and two right now in Super Bowls. He easily could be 7-0. and oh. The two losses of the Giants were nail-biter games. Nail-biter. Easily could have won them. But at the flip side, think about the other games he um, won that were nail-biters. The Seahawks game easily could have been a loss. Last year... Down 28 to 3 at halftime, easily could have been a loss. Right there's two games. Um, their first Super Bowl was the Rams, field goal kick to win. Um, the Panthers was a field goal, and they beat the Panthers with a field goal kick to win. When they beat the Eagles, I'm pretty sure that was a field goal kick to win. Right there's four Super Bowls. I'm trying to think of the, um, the other one. I can't really think about the top of my head, but. They're all. What the point I'm trying to make is they're all close games. They could like Tom Brady right now. Realistically, maybe could be um, one and six in Super Bowls, or he could be seven and zero. But it's not how it played out. So he's currently five and two. That's how that's how it went. But that's pretty damn good. Five and two in Super Bowls. If someone makes a Super Bowl, if they play in one Super Bowl, I'm sure their career is made. You know, unfortunately, you want to win the game. So if you play with one Super Bowl and you lose, obviously that's gonna be. A heartache. It's gonna suck. You're obviously gonna want. You're gonna replay that in your mind over and over. Want to win that game, but for Tom Brady to have an opportunity now to play in his eighth Super Bowl, that's unbelievable. It's unspe- um, unbelievable. Very special. Um, I feel like this podcast has now become a Tom Brady dick riding session, which <laughs> didn't really mean it to be, but I, I think it needs to be acknowledged. Um, and I'm not sure. It's one of those things. Is he a system quarterback? Everyone always talks about it. Um, him and Belichick, him and Belichick, you know, they're always together, always winning. I don't know. You know, if um, Peyton Manning played under Bill Belichick, maybe he has more Super Bowl wins. Maybe he has none. You don't know. That's It's it's hard to speculate when um, there's a lot of uh, other pieces and a lot of things you got to consider. 
I mean, Tom Brady had a good defense for a lot of years, a really good defense. I remember uh, when the whole Super Bowl, I guess the dynasty started with the Patriots, you had uh, Teddy Bruschi, Ty Law, um, who's the guy on Sunday Night Football, Harrison, I uh, can't think of his first name. Like, you had a lot of good players on that defense, and I'm obviously uh, forgetting a lot of them. But those are three that I remember a lot. I remember Junior Seau was on that D at one point. Um, a lot of great, great players. And they had a lot of great receivers and, you know, different pieces over the year. You had um, they one year that they lost to the uh, Giants. They brought Randy Moss in, and he had the most the, – was it the most receiving touchdowns in a single season with Tom Brady. That year they went um, – 16-0 and 0 in the regular season. It's just crazy that when you look at the whole big picture with Tom Brady, it's unbelievable. And that's why I want to hats off to him for being the Jaguars this weekend. Gronk got hurt in the game. Didn't have uh, Edelman. You had Amadola. You had Cooks. But they didn't have a running game. They weren't running the ball that well. And he just figured out enough. He just figured it out to score enough points. It's just hats off to him. But I'm glad I brought up Gronk games. I wanted to bring this up in the podcast today. And I feel like I'm being um, a hypocrite to what I usually believe in because I know I hate in college football the targeting rule. I hate it, you know, go high, you have to set out the rest of the game. I don't think um, targeting should be in the uh, college game because they're not professionals. Uh, things happen, the game's fast for them to have a bad hit and have to sit out the rest of the game. But one thing I would like to see maybe, and I don't know how it would be, I remember I brought this up in my group conversation this weekend. I kind of got a lot of heat for it, but then I had some support too. Um, it wouldn't be bad to have targeting the NFL for this reason, and I'm going to try to uh, explain my argument as best as possible. Um, but so Gronk takes a hit high from Church. Uh, I think it's Barry Church, if, I'm correct, if I remember correctly. Jaguar safety. Hits him high. Gronk, as soon as he gets up, he's woozy. You can tell. I was like, oh, shit. I was watching the game. As a fan watching the game, I'm like, oh, shit. Gronk's got a concussion. I hope he's going to be able to come back. Hopefully, he passes the concussion protocol. And it's so shitty if you're a Patriot fan, which I'm obviously not. Right there, you're devastated. You're like, oh, my God, Gronk. Gronk might not play for us the game. What are we going to do? Um, obviously, he's a big part of their offense. He's their number one target. Not having him in a AFC Championship is a big freaking deal for Tom Brady. Even though we know now Brady didn't need him, he did enough to win without him. But still, you want you have a Gronk on your team, wanting to play every every play. So the first thing I was thinking, I'm like, man, if I'm a defensive coach or a defensive player, why not go for a headshot? And I might sound like an asshole for saying that, but. If you're in a big game like this, an AFC Championship game, and Gronk or someone of his caliber, or you know, receiver, running back is um, is torching you, what do you have to lose? Go high, hit him in the head. Now, obviously, what do you have to lose? You could you know injure yourself, and you know, obviously you don't want that. You can you know have concussion, you know, concussion issues yourself. But if the heat of the moment, it's a tough situation. Go high, hit him. Maybe he has to go cushion protocol, be out a few drives. Maybe he comes back in the game. Maybe he doesn't. In Gronk's case, he wasn't able to come back. He had a concussion, didn't pass the concussion protocol the NFL has set forth. That was a huge momentum swing for the Jaguars. Gronk wasn't able to play the rest of the game. And this is where I want this NFL to have a targeting issue, a targeting call. Because if Gronk is knocked out for the rest of the game, I think Barry Church shouldn't be able to play either. 
there should be some repercussions. And now I know the one thing my friend said that he was giving me heat for this. He's like, there's plenty of repercussions. You have 15 yard penalties. One big hit like that can change the entire game. Um, you know, penalties are a huge part of the game. That could be a huge momentum swing. Um, not only that, it could injure themselves. Uh, what was the other one he said? Um, I don't know. There was another good point he made. Uh, or be you know, there's plenty of repercussions for going high like that. But the ultimate repercussion would be not being able to play. If you knock someone out of the game for having an illegal hit, that's the that's the whole point here. The NFL has made these hits illegal. They made them a penalty. So if they are a penalty, they need to be enforced, which they are. And the NFL is over policing. And that's the thing I think he was mentioning too. Like the NFL and the referees are over policing these hits. They're very flag happy when you get to the ed, the head area. So you don't want to see someone maybe a, a Pro Bowl, a Hall of Fame safety corner, go high and get thrown out for the rest of the game, especially a playoff game. But talking about playoff games, I don't think it's fair for Gronk not to be able to play the rest of the game when Barry went high and caused that, you know, he the plays illegal. He went high, plays illegal, um, hit him high. And I think my one friend made an interesting point, which I, this is what I was trying to get at, like, there's no repercussions. He's not able to play. So, you, like, 20 years ago, you hate to say it, Gronk would have played the rest of that game. He'd have been out on the bench, drank some water, composed himself, recomposed himself, and then went back out and played. My, do I want that to happen today? No. Like, you have to have player safety. That's first and foremost. You have to consider that. You have to have that a primary objective, player safety. 20 years ago, Gronk's back in that game, making plays, affecting the game not really that big of a deal today's day and age he has a concussion you have to worry about player safety he's done for us the game and here's the thing i think is interesting too why did barry church not be evaluated for a concussion they went helmet to helmet just because you're the one um delivering the blow doesn't mean you're also receiving you know the same impact on your brain um which could cause a concussion it goes hand in hand maybe that's maybe that's what i want maybe Instead of uh, ejecting them for the game, like a targeting situation, or if Gronk's rolled out, he's then rolled out as well. Maybe if there's a hit like that, they're like, all right, you got to come out for a play. You went helmet to helmet with him. We need to evaluate you for a concussion. So then that's a thing. Um, maybe they're held more accountable in that way. So if you're thinking about going high, it's like, fuck, dude. I hit him. I get a little you know, weak in my knees or something. I might not be able to play the rest of the game. That's the thing that's got to be considered, too, because just because he's the one that delivered the hit doesn't mean he has the same uh, concussion-like symptoms or similarities or something like that. So, I don't know. I think there needs to be something to, do, uh, to be done. I don't know. I, I know I don't like it in college, so I'm definitely a hypocrite, but they need to um, have something in the NFL that – makes these players more accountable. Oh, another one they said is like they get horrible fines, the penalties, fines. Those are those two big things, fines and penalties. Well, guess what? You're making millions of dollars and it's an AFC championship. Why not lose 50 grand for a chance to play in a Super Bowl? Why not? That's not that. If I was a player and I knew if I could hit someone high, you know, maybe maybe this looks bad about me, maybe I'm a dirty player. But if the worst thing's going to happen is a 15-yard penalty, I might lose 50 grand while making millions of dollars and I have a chance to play in a Super Bowl, I might go high. I might go high. You know, there's a lot of players out there 
considered dirty players. That's the thing too. Like the players that are considered dirty now, um, twenty years ago, ten years ago, they weren't dirty. They were just playing the game. They're trying to get an edge. That's one thing you gotta you gotta think about. They were trying to get an edge, a, a psychological edge, uh, you know, a mental edge. And I think it was Jerome Bettis was talking on part of my take. He mentioned that he's like, yeah, like perfect now for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals is painted to be this evil, evil person, dirtiest player in the league, all that stuff. He's like, he's like, when I played, that was normal. It's par for the course. We had guys doing that shit all the time. It just wasn't, it wasn't looked at and examined under a microscope. It wasn't deemed dirty, deemed bad play or illegal plays and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's interesting how the game is transformed in that way where a player like Burfick is now evil, horrible, dirty player. 10, 15 years ago, he was your best player on the team. Um, everyone loved him. He played hard, tried to get an edge, would talk shit, all this stuff. But now, you know, he's he's hated for it. 10, 15 years ago, he was celebrated for it. I think it's interesting how those kind of things with social media has changed. It's really weird how social media has affected football in general, society in general. But that's one thing. Anything that happens on a football field now becomes a GIF, um, a video. Um, you don't miss anything. You see everything. So as a player, like players in the NFL, players in college, I know I talked about it earlier, Baker Mayfield thing. He grabbed his crotch, made an obscene gesture. Um, and 15 years ago, the coaches talked to him the next day and like, hey, don't ever fucking do that again. That's not what Oklahoma's about. You got to represent yourself in this school. That's what happened 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. He was pulled aside. He was told what is expected of him, what not to do, what to do. And usually that corrects itself. Nowadays, you got fucking people on um, ESPN sports radio shows podcasts like this talking about these things analyzing every little critical detail of it and sometimes it's exhausting especially in college these dudes are i guess they're technically adults 18 19 20 years old but you're not an adult then i don't even feel like an adult sometimes so it's really hard um even though they're expected and they're viewed as a you know mature adults and stuff like that they still have teenage-like uh, tendencies and um, reactions to things. So, I don't know, it's kind of hard, but I don't know where I went on that tangent with or why I went on that tangent, but basically what I want to get back to is like there's got to be something um, as far as concussions. The defensive player has to be held accountable too. I don't know if it's uh, stricter penalties, um, ejections from games, larger fines. We need to escalate this, and that's the thing. Like, But there's a slippery slope though too because – I know these refs are trigger happy to throw that flag on um, upper body hits, so I don't want to see because there's a lot of over policing. So I don't want to, con- I don't want to see that continued where the over policing escalates. But there's got to be something. And I also mentioned my friend. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised in another five, ten years from now. There's another bounty gate for a team that comes out where coaches and players are throwing around money like, hey, fifteen grand, twenty grand, go high on this dude. See if you can knock him out for the game. Cause that'd be a be um that'd be a large impact for us. It'd be a hell of a thing if he wasn't able to play the rest of the game. So go high on him. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised that comes out 10, 15 years, five years, three years. I don't know. Somewhere down the line, it's like, man, the in the late uh, 2010s, it's weird to say 10s, but late in the 10s, 
we had these people going high in 20k to knock someone out of the game you saw with the saints in the early 2000s they had their bounding gate kind of knock players out of the game and stuff like that but the reason why i'm saying like a new bounding gate is like primarily like the whole objective just to go get you know go high to maybe uh have the NFL concussion protocol step in. But I think defensive players should also go through that. Um, they're affected the same. They have the same uh, head-like symptoms, uh, injuries from those large hits. Even though they're delivering them instead of receiving them, they're going to rattle your brain. That's that's like if you want to think of a concussion in the basic, simplest way in the world, you hit your head really hard and you rattled your brain, and that's not good for it. I mean, that might be an oversimplification, but I think it's a pretty good one for people who don't know necessarily what concussions are or how they're triggered or how they happen. So I don't know. I would love to see something change um, so we don't have these big hits and these championships, NFC championships, Super Bowls that might allow a player not to play for the rest of the game. Now, I heard something. I think it was Pat McAfee said on his show or something, like, or one of his guys at Barstool Heartland someone along those lines, um, they like don't have concussion protocol in the playoffs. You know, when I first heard them, I'm like, yeah, it's a good idea. But then I thought about like, no, 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 no. You don't want that. <laughs> That's a real slippery slope. So all season long for 16 weeks or 17 weeks, 16 games, you know, people take a big hit. We're going to pull them out. No player safety, player safety. And then we get to the playoffs. Like, Oh, fuck it. Free for all. You want to play you, you have a, uh, you have a bone sticking through your arm there. You're, uh, you clearly can't speak. You're you barely stand up. Yeah, you can play. You don't want that either, but you'd hate that. I know personally, if I was a player and I was in a Super Bowl, I didn't even want to come out of high school football games. If I was good enough to be in a situation where I was in a Super Bowl, an AFC, NFC championship, dude, you'd have to kill me, drag me, chain me. I don't know. Drag me off the field. There's no way I'm coming off the field in any situation. Some dude tells me I'm a concussion. I'd be like, dude, fuck you. I'm playing, dude. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And that's why you, you don't want to see that. Now, God forbid, you know, two weeks from now, because I'm assuming if it's two weeks, a Gronk will be able to play. I'm assuming that I don't know how bad his concussion was, but usually you have a couple days to a week and come back, play for a concussion, as long as it's not like your second or third in a season. So I'm assuming Gronk's going to be able to play in the Super Bowl, but if he's not, oh man, that's tough for a player, tough for an individual. I would be very, very surprised if he doesn't play. I'm hoping Gronk does play. I hope the Patriots win. But it'll be interesting how the concussion protocol plays out because you saw Gronk get essentially sat out, pulled out of the game in the AFC Championship. Do you imagine a key player for the Eagles um, gets a concussion protocol and people are bitching saying, no, the NFL is rigged, the Patriots rigged, they, they just pulled their best player. God forbid the social media storm, storm. I don't even know what happened. It'd be it'd be chaotic if Nick Foles or um, Jason Jai has a concussive blow, and they're like, "Nope, done for the game." Concussion protocol. Twitter, social media lose its mind. But I don't know. I'll talk more about the Super Bowl matchup between the Patriots and Eagles next week. I just wanted the. I didn't know what I was going to do today. Just going to dive on in, see where I got, but. Um, the Jaguars are a very, very good team this year. Hats off to them. Hats off to the Vikings. Anytime you make that your respective um, championship game, it's a pretty damn good season. I think the Steelers, biased here, would have done better against the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Um, that's me. Now, here's the thing. You know, I remember when it happened. 
it'll, it'll it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. People are like it doesn't really matter. They'll have to play each other again. Well, guess what? Because the Jesse James catch wasn't a catch and that wasn't a touchdown, the whole playoffs changed in the AFC. Because the the Steelers have been the first seed, the Patriots have been the second seed. Jaguars would have had to go to New England in a divisional round to play them. And then if the Steelers would have beat the Titans, or obviously there's some things that might have all changed. The whole landscape might have been different. Let's just say hypothetically, the wild card games played out like they did. That means Tennessee would have had to come back to Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh spanked their ass early in the year. You'd assume the same thing would happen. Maybe not. Maybe it would have been the Titans and the Patriots in the AFC Championship. I don't know. But it might have been um, Steelers hosting the Patriots at Heinz Field. Big Ben and that Steelers offense had enough firepower to beat the Patriots. It's just, would the defense have played well enough to beat the Patriots? I don't know. Maybe the Jaguars would have beat Patriots in a divisional round game uh, at Foxborough instead of the AFC Championship. I don't know. But it didn't play out that way. Tom Brady, clearly the greatest of all time. The teams he had to play, he took care of business. He wasn't like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh laid an egg at home, let up 45 points, lost 45-42. Should have never happened. Last thing about Tom Brady, he makes plays, the greatest of all time, and whatever team, whatever situation is presented in front of him, he executes. He simply executes. That's why he's going to his A Super Bowl. Hats off to the Patriots. Hats off to Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. I hate you guys, but hats off to you. You guys had a hell of a season, and you're probably going to win another Super Bowl. You're going to tie the Steelers for the most uh, Super Bowls for an organization, which will be six. Currently have five, all five with Tom Brady. Um, And Brady's about to probably bring home his sixth Super Bowl. But I'll talk a little Super Bowl preview matchup next week. Um, Just wanted to talk some football today. Got on some tangents about concussions, um, player safety, things like that. But it was fun. This is Jeff Meyer here on Spaces Laces. Hit up uh, social media, Southbound Sports, Spaces Laces. Hit up our voicemail. We'd love to have some uh, interesting ideas, comments that we could elaborate or talk about on the show. Our voicemail is 1-412-330-1512. Hit us up at southboundsports.com, um, like I just said. Or uh, hit us up on S-Bound Sports on Twitter. Uh, This is Jeff Meyer here on Space Relations. Had fun today. See you next week.